Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Reaction Time, courtesy of our friends at Fairway. I'm Jacqueline Cordova, and I am joined by my co-host, Ben Visser. <laughs> that was a good intro. I did pretty well there. I'm proud of you. <laughs> um, the f- season's officially here, Ben. Cleveland State, Iowa State took care of business. I'll just run right into it. Um I'll start by saying that I thought the UFC fight pass was pretty neat. It was awesome. So I was busy for some of Sunday. So I would listen to at first to the varsity sports app with Nate Carr senior and his co-host whose name I am forgetting currently. Um, but they do a phenomenal job. So if you didn't have fight pass and then the Humboldt duel here in a couple of weeks against Wisconsin will also be on fight pass, listen on the varsity sports app to Nate Carr and um, the play by play guy because they do a phenomenal job. They're very, very entertaining. Um, they are wrestling fans true and through and through. So um, you're going to learn something. You're going to be excited about it just because that's Nate Carr's energy. He's super excited. So I was listening to most of the duel on that. Um, and I think Fight Pass only has one person allowed per viewing anyway. So Jackie was watching it. Um, but the cool thing about it is they archive everything. So then um, on Monday, yesterday, I rewatched the duel and... First of all, Shane Sparks and Kyle Dake did a phenomenal job on the call. They're a great pair. Shane Sparks is another one of those guys who's going to bring a ton of energy all the time. That's a guy who loves wrestling. And then you got Kyle Dake, who obviously four-time NCAA champion at four different weights. Absolutely (laughs) insane. Um, I believe he's a world champion as well. Um, So this is, you got wrestling knowledge. You got wrestling excitement. They did a phenomenal job. I don't know if they're going to be on the call for the Wisconsin duel as well. I hope they are. They talked like they were going to be. It for sure, like Shane, it. For sure, Shane Sparks is going to be. And it sounds like Dake is as well. Um, so if you can, I think it'd be great to sign up for it just because you're going to, it's going to be a really good broadcast. Um, they did a really good job. That was very exciting to see just that part of it. I couldn't agree more, Jackie, that they did a really, really good job. And then the dual meet was great. Going into it, Jackie and I were talking about this beforehand before we started recording, and we weren't sure what to expect. Like, we knew Iowa State was going to destroy Cleveland State, but how much were we actually going to learn was kind of the question of, all right, what are we going to see here? And I liked what I saw out of everybody, even Jacob Frost, who lost at 141, I liked what I saw out of him. Um, Iowa State went out there, was very, very aggressive. They put it on guys. 
some of those Cleveland State guys, they're not going to roll over and lose. They're going to keep wrestling. And Dresser said that um, at media availability today, um, just saying the first period is going to be hard no matter who you're wrestling. Like That guy's going out there to beat you too. So we saw a lot of good things from Iowa State wrestlers in the first period, and then we saw a lot of separation in the second and third periods if the match went that long. Um, so I liked what I saw a lot, just generally speaking, from Iowa State. Yeah, it was one of those where I was like, Iowa State's going to win probably pretty handedly. And I was not expecting to take away as much as I did, which major props to Cleveland State on that one. I like the wrestling mat. Yeah, that was an awesome wrestling mat. They had a big old Viking on the (laughs) wrestling mat. Took up the whole mat. It was great. (laughs) But overall, yeah, like you said, I walked out feeling really good about Iowa State. I was impressed with them. Jacob Frost was probably my favorite match, even though even though it was a loss. But it was just like you you learned a lot about these guys that we just haven't really seen. And wrestle offs are great, and I appreciate the dresser does them. It's not many do that so to be able to see them before the season even starts is a privilege but it i just felt really good about not only the depth i felt good about these guys and probably how they're competing in the room to try and get these starting spots and then just overall it was good to see someone like younger go out there and get a match under his belt um at his new weight and then it was nice to see kyson tarakina back and so really my main takeaways were i feel good about this team there was a lot of gas tank is mm-hmm. one of the words i used earlier so yeah i thought it was a really good duel i like i told you i highly recommended going back um like you already said ufc fight pass i thought the production was really good it was phenomenal that camera From what work. i was <laughs> expecting to what it was yeah. they knocked it out of the park in a high school gym not to mention so that's gonna be we'll get to this once we get there next week but the coverage we're going to get of this Wisconsin duel is going to be really, really good compared to what we've gotten in the past, which I did not watch. I was at the duel, so I did right. not get to see the production value of it. I don't even remember who streamed it. I think it was Flo. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Um, and that's that's the production value I expected out of UFC Fight Pass <laughs> was a Flo production, which is not good. <laughs> like Just to be very blunt about just it, be, yeah. Flo is fine but it's not to the standard of what you'd expect from a basketball game. This UFC fight pass was basketball game quality production. I was very impressed by it. So like, didn't you feel they had a camera on the like wires? They did 100%. I'm sure it was was actually on a boom arm, but like it, it seemed like they had a camera on a wire, like Jackie said. So um, really, really impressed by that. And then also just to talk about some specific guys, I was really, really impressed by MJ Gaetan. He was a guy that we saw last year a couple times, lost to Nelson Brands in the Iowa duel. Um, that was one where Kevin Dresser threw him out there because MJ's a little bit funky. He's going to go out there and throw it all out. Um, but he was undersized last year. Like MJ probably should have wrestled at 157 or 65 last year, but they had guys at that weight. So he bumped up to 74, wrestled a few matches. He wrestled the UNI match and um, won that one, which helped Iowa State secure that dual meet victory. So this is a guy that we'd seen had potential. And then for him to go out there and throw it out and win by tech fall early in the second period was really impressive. He's a guy who um, is not afraid to go upper body. He's going to try to pin someone if he can. And he's a guy who's going to put up, go out there and put up points. So I liked that a lot. Um, some guys who I knew, I knew Nando Viascusa's name beforehand, 
just because of his dad being right. an assistant coach at Iowa State. But a guy who I didn't know at all was Caleb Helgeson, Helgeson until the wrestle-offs when him and Tate Noctaborn were wrestling. And Helgeson's impressive. Like, he went out there. He won by uh, major decision 14-3. to I don't think he's going to be a guy for Iowa State ne- this year or maybe not even next year. But if someone gets injured or if he, by the time he's a senior year, he can step in and fill a spot and do really well at that spot. So I like, I'm going to be interested to see his progression, what he can do. And then at wrestle loss, we saw um, Julian Broderson wrestle Nando Villascusa and Julian won that match. I don't remember the score specifically, but it was a close match. And I think Julian only had one takedown. And I remember seeing some tweets afterward from, from some people saying, Hey, was that a little bit disappointing from Julian? Like, shouldn't he have beaten him by more? And I, at the time it's like, yeah, I would have liked to see more from Julian. But then Nando Villascusa goes out there against um, a ranked Ben Smith and beats him 16 to 8, major decision. And it's like, holy cow, this Nando Villascusa guy, he is a real, <laughs> like, he's real. So that, A, it made me feel better about Julian's narrow victory because if your backup's going out and beating ranked wrestlers, that bodes well for Julian. Right. And then it's also fun for Nando's future, right? Like, this is a guy who... I don't know if he walked on. I don't know what kind of scholarship he's on. I'm assuming it's a pretty reduced pretty reduced scholarship. But for him to go out there and beat a ranked wrestler when no one's really expecting you to do anything, how great is that for him? Well, it was like one of those where I asked everyone who's a sleeper in the room and everyone said the Frost wins, the Frost wins. No, Nando came in and <laughs> shocked everyone. He's such a sleeper that the pe- even the people in the room <laughs> yeah. didn't know he was a sleeper. He- which again, what a testament to the health of the room. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel better about really as they work to get a solid starting lineup for the year. But it's nice to know the who's who's in the backup area. So yeah, shout out to Nando. That was a really exciting win. Coach brought it up on his own today. Like mm-hmm. we didn't even have to ask about it. Um, so that tells you just coach had it on his brain. We have to talk about Nando. And and we did. So. We did. Yep. That's um, great. Looking at the rest of the matches, um, which one would you say was your favorite? So my favorite match, that's a really good question. My favorite match is probably Younger's, but I want to touch on that one later. Um, <laughs> I need to start telling you every, which one's your favorite except, except younger. younger. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> probably Evan Frost. Um, just because he was facing another guy. I think he was on the fringe of rankings, or maybe that was Jacob Frost, who at 141, that guy was ranked. But I just liked, we saw Evan beat Garrett Grice at the wrestle-offs. Like, all right, he's got that win under his belt. What's he going to do against another guy in another singlet? And he went out there and took it to him, won that match, um, 17-3. to So he went out there. He only gave up escapes for the only points scored against him. He is exactly as advertised, hard-nosed guy. Hits the same shot every time, which is something that both <laughs> David Carr and Kevin Dresser said. He's gonna shoot. He's gonna go out there. He's gonna shoot the same the same shot every time, and it's gonna work. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. It's just one of the both the Frost twins are gonna be people that Iowa State fans are really gonna enjoy watching, just because they get after it so hard. See, and I would say Jacob Frost's match was my favorite, even though it was a loss. He lost twenty two to eighteen. But it was really impressive to watch him be down. And I wish I would have wrote all of these down. <laughs> Just old style, take out a book and take stats through the whole match. But he was down like, I don't know if you remember. He was down a significant amount. Well, bro. 7-0 at one point And then yeah. got a takedown, one or two takedowns. I think it was 7-6. And then it was another seven-point move. 
So take down four point near fall. So that'd have been 14 to six was probably his biggest deficit. And in those situations, it is very often you see guys give up. Mm -hmm. They will give up. They'll just kind of just walk around the mat, stall, which good on the refs this, this match. Stall calls were made when I felt they should have yep, been made. I agree. Um, but it was just very, again, very promising to watch Jacob. Probably very aware of how far down he was, but he fought until the very last second. And so often I feel like you'll watch guys mentally do the math and just give up because they they feel they can't um, come back. But Jacob wrestled like he was a guy determined to come back. Yeah. And I really like seeing guys who have the ability to do that. I hate when guys give up mm -hmm. after the first period and then they just kind of mope around the map for the next two periods yeah. like it's just not fun so it was really fun to see it especially in a guy as young as him where you could make the excuse like oh he's young he's just getting used to it but no i was very impressed i loved it i like sat up it was one of those where you get to enjoy it from home so i was like laying down watching it taking notes and i immediately shot up because i was like oh that was really impressive yeah so. he lost that match 22 to 18 which is a ridiculous wrestling score. They made the comment <laughs> on the broadcast that it's a football score, yeah. and it is. And for for Iowa football, like that's three games worth of <laughs> scoring. So um, I I agree with you. And just to, to highlight Jackie's point of him continuing to fight, he took a shot with five seconds left and almost got there. And if he, I think if he had gotten that takedown, would have got a riding time point and would have tied the match. So. I really liked what I saw from both of the Frost Twins, like Jackie said, um, and just great. So I think it's we can talk a little bit, a little bit about Anthony Echemendia. He's a guy who took yep. the spot at 149 um, from Casey Swiderski, beat him in the wrestle-off. Um, I like Anthony Echemendia at this spot. Um, he is very technically sound on his feet, which you'd expect from a Cuban freestyle wrestler similar to, similar to a younger Bastida. Like, these guys are great on their feet. I think Anthony's probably a little bit better on the mat just because he did have some high school experience just from based off the time that he left Cuba. He did get a season of high school wrestling in. Um, and he's been in the U.S. a little bit longer than younger. So he's a little bit better on bottom. Neither one of them's going to ride a guy. That's fine. Um, but I like what I see out of Anthony. He gets after it. He's going to let it fly. Um, and we'll see what the coaches do with Casey Swiderski. Um, I found out this year that the red shirt rules. So a true freshman can wrestle in, I think it's five dual meets and or tournaments attached while maintaining the red shirt. That rule does not apply to anyone that's not a true freshman. So Casey Swiderski is a true sophomore. If he wrestles in one match attached, that's done. His redshirt's done. He's going to be the guy now. So I think we'll see. We'll see how Kevin Dresser plays this out. Um, but I think this is going to be Anthony's spot unless something drastic changes. I would feel good about that. Watching Anthony, I... Like I said, I like what I see. He's obviously a very talented wrestler. Like it wasn't a, if he wasn't, it wouldn't have been the biggest deal, you know, when he was announcing who he was going to commit to. And I think speaking just like physically, he is so muscular. <laughs> if it wasn't for Younger's weight gain, <laughs> which adds a little fluffiness to the guy, yeah. I think right now Anthony has to be the most physically muscle defined guy on yep. the mat. He is insane i cannot imagine the training these guys do in the summer 
Um, Durbin's but, got them working. Yeah, I yeah for sure. Which shout out to Durbin um, gave great answers at availability or not availability uh, media days last week about just how these guys are training and really we can get into it more when we get to younger but just I mean these guys are freaks in the weight room mm -hmm. but no I feel good if if they decided to redshirt Casey and have Anthony be the guy especially when you look at the rules around the red shirts I think it just makes sense mm -hmm. um of course at the end of the day dresser sees things we don't see so he'll do whatever he feels Absolutely. is best yep. but I think right now where I sit I would feel good about Anthony being the guy in Casey red shirting and getting another year to you know train in the room kind of continue to I don't know just improve and get better and then come out the best version mm -hmm. of himself yep continue to mature a little bit I mean we saw it last year at times we saw it the wrestle offs he is an intense guy mm -hmm. and some of that intensity is good you see you saw that um in a Thomas Gilman type you saw that in an Austin DeSanto type and Austin DeSanto didn't always necessarily translate that well he sometimes <laughs> had his little outbursts that were not good we saw that a little bit with Casey last year so I think if he does get a year to redshirt, I think ultimately it'll be very, very good for him because this is a guy who's clearly a very good wrestler. We saw that last year. He was a round 12 guy, a match away from becoming an All-American as a true freshman. Clearly a very good wrestler. But I think there's just a little piece missing of the mental makeup where another year in the room, another year with a guy like Metcalf, who has also had a reputation of being a little bit of a hothead, a little, <laughs> bit, a little bit intense, have another year with him being like, hey, we appreciate how hard you go, but we need to channel it in this little bit more productive way. Um, I think Casey's going to be a guy for Iowa State for years to come. This is not taking anything away from him. I think he's going to be phenomenal for Iowa State, national championship caliber wrestler. But there is that something that needs to happen for him to make that happen. And the coaches know that. I know for a fact they know that. Um, and we'll see if they can get that done with Casey. But if that happens, I mean, Iowa State's going to be loaded at 57 49 and um 65 for the next however many years with those guys and a guy like Cody Chittum too so um exciting for that but I I think Anthony again unless something drastic changes or unless something that we see that we don't see happens um I think Anthony's the guy there which it's funny looking back when Ian Parker and Jarrett Dagan mm -hmm. were graduating and we were just like, what are they gonna do? Like where we're at now. Yep. That's like the area in the roster I feel like they're the most stacked. Mm -hmm. And I feel like everyone is in the forums, on Twitter, everyone's just kind of arguing back and forth, like who should go where, who should gain weight, who should lose weight, who who's gonna be the guy, so. It's a I, great problem to have. Like, this is, this yep. is where Kevin Dresser's wanted to build this program since he got here. And here we are. Yep. <laughs> But no, I agree um, with everything you said. Casey's great. I really like him. Every time you bring up Austin DeSanto, all I can think of is a video of, is it Terry or Tom that would slap him before? Terry. Okay. <laughs> That's all I can think of is him getting slapped before matches. Yeah. Give or take. Hard man. too. Like it wasn't a playful slap. It was one that you'd feel. <laughs> it's fine. You know, That's that's wrestlers for you. That's Terry Brands and Austin okay. DeSanto. Two peas in a pod right there. Yep. Mm-hmm um anyways um let's talk about the rule changes mm -hmm. um takedowns are no longer two which is not it's very sad it's very it's not as fun to say three 
is it is two. So I agree with you. I almost the way I've been thinking about it is from a basketball perspective, okay. right? When a guy, when let's say Matt Thomas or now Milan Mamacilic, I don't know how to pronounce his name, something like that. <laughs> Hayden's like, don't even ask. Um, <laughs> when they shoot a three, crowd three, right? So that's kind of how I'm choosing to view okay. this. Like, okay, two was great. It. I thoroughly enjoyed two. I love when a crowd would yell two. But when I think about basketball, I'm just like, yeah, it works three. It works good enough. Um, but as far as the actual rule itself, I liked it before. I like. I wanted to see it in practice. And now that we've seen it applied, I think I love it. I think this could be one of the best rule changes wrestling has had. Some purists will not like me for saying that. And to <laughs> you, I apologize. But um, I think it's phenomenal for a guy... For, for Iowa State's roster in general, I think it's great. Top to bottom, Iowa State is full of guys who is going to go out there and try to get takedowns. We saw that last year in the Iowa duel. Um, Iowa State had more takedowns than Iowa last year in last year's duel. Iowa still won because of riding time and back points and things like that. But this is a rule change that's going to favor a program like Iowa State who, hey, get out there, get after it, and take that guy down. Like, that, that was Metcalf's whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's that was Metcalf. So I love that rule change for, for that, from that perspective. And it just encourages so much more action on your feet, which I think is great. Um, and then obviously as a huge younger Bastida fan, I, no one in the country will benefit more from this rule than younger Bastida, I think. Right. Um, this is a guy at heavyweight in the end of his first period. I think it was like six to five or six to four, which is the end of most heavyweight matches. And then Younger goes out there <laughs> and wins 26 to 10 technical fall in the third period. For a heavyweight to score 26 points is unbelievable because there, none of that was back points. Let's be very clear about that. It was all takedowns, takedowns and escapes. So um, I loved what I saw from Younger, um, both as a heavyweight and with the rule change. I'll talk a little bit. Jackie and I will both talk about how we saw him as a heavyweight, but I loved what I saw. Um, he at 97, I, we asked younger this today at 97, he could just out muscle people, high horsepower. I'm stronger than you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take you down at heavyweight. He could probably get away with that a little bit, but this Cleveland state guy, um, Daniel Bucknovich, he was a full close to a full 285. I think younger said he weighed in at 272. So, um, 13 pounds away from being a full heavyweight and Younger couldn't, he probably could out horsepower him if he really wanted to, but he'd gas himself really quick. So what we saw from Younger is more ankle picks and things like that. And I asked Younger if he had the ankle pick last year. And I think I remember him doing it now that he said it, but he hit it like four or five times last year, but only hitting it four or five times. And all of the takedowns that Younger got is not very often, but I think he got that ankle pick three, four or five times this match alone. And then he had a nice outside shot where he could cut the corner and get around the guy. He used his speed to get around him. He didn't necessarily have to pick him up and put him down. Um, so younger, I told Jackie this before, he looks like an alien. Like that man does not look, me and him are not the same species at all. He might be an inch or two shorter than me. I'm six foot four. And our physique is obviously very different. Um, this is a guy who's a full 235, 240. What is he? 242, I think he said he weighed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all muscle. It is ridiculous to look at. So me and him apparently are the same species, but I don't feel like it. So 
I'm telling you, when I saw that Instagram picture that Sam Skyler shared over the summer, I was like, he is massive. Yep. <laughs> like transformative. That is something come Hilton time when people are sitting in the stands, I'm telling you guys, you need to sit up straight when younger <laughs> comes out. Cause you're not going to believe it. Cause yeah, his, his overall stature, his muscle, his, his build, he's just huge. I can't wait to see him go up against like top ranked heavyweights. Me too. Like I keep going back to Wyatt Hendrickson cause he's so big. Mm. If you don't know who Wyatt Hendrickson is, he wrestles for air force. He's huge. He was, he was like, he won most dominant wrestler in mm -hmm. the 2022 season. I think I'm looking at it. 2021, 22 season. He won the most dominant wrestler in NCAA D one wrestling. I want to watch them go head to head. Yep. I mean, realistically, do we want that? No, <laughs> but, um, I would love to see how he matches up against these like really bigger mm -hmm. heavyweights that are clearly the most dominant, but no younger i think so out of the things younger said to us today i really enjoyed when he talked about being he acknowledged that he is smaller for a heavyweight and how he's mentally ready for these bigger guys mm -hmm. how he's ready for the guys that are are closer to 285 because in that match in cleveland state i texted you and i said that was the one thing i texted mm -hmm. you during the whole duel i said younger struggled a little bit on bottom which I really enjoyed watching him get stuck because I want to see if he's mm -hmm. continued to grow in that area. Being on bottom has been the thorn in his side. And when you bump up to heavyweight, it's not the same having a, I don't even know how much do they have at 197, 197 pounds. That was weirdly yeah. worth said. Um, I enjoyed watching him in that first period struggle a little because the way he talked about it today, he didn't seem worried at all. Mm -mm. So the fact that he's just like mentally like, oh, okay, I'm gonna have to figure out how to get out of this makes me just more confident in him at that weight. I think over the summer, he obviously got bigger, but heavyweights are even bigger than he was. Mm -hmm. And when you compare him to Sam Schuyler, Sam was still kind of bigger in like a, I don't even, I don't know what the word, I don't want to say fat. Huskier. Yeah. He was just like a bigger build, heavyweight. So when Sam would go in these matches, I never worried about him being a smaller heavyweight. And with younger, I was kind of like, how is he going to match up against these guys? And the fact that you kind of watch him struggle a little, but he today said, yeah, I wasn't worried about it. Makes me comfortable about him going into other matches. I think you have to be arrogant. All wrestlers are <laughs> to are. a point. So it's like good to see him clearly feeling more like himself than when we last saw him yep. in March. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And to build off that point, he got taken down the first period. He took a bad shot. He even said he took a bad shot. Yeah. And he got stuck underneath the guy and went around him. That's, that's a learning curve in heavyweight. You can't take straight on shots, especially <laughs> near the smaller guy. That's just not going to work. So he learned that right away and he learned how to get up right away, which I think were both great because I think it was in the third period um, you could see dress on the broadcast say go neutral and younger said I'm gonna go down <laughs> and so he went down and he got up right away so I think even just that little he I don't know what tweak he made but he probably made a little bit of a tweak and a little bit of adjustment got up right away and then the other thing that dresser said during today's av availability was younger promised him that they're gonna see the real younger this year like the whole criticism of younger besides being not great on bottom was his gas tank wasn't good mm -hmm. um and I think part of that was this was a guy who wrestled at 213 pounds in freestyle as a teenager. So expecting him to 
cut even more down to 197 while keeping the same gas tank and keeping the same fitness is a tough ask. Um, we saw that last year and the year before where he'd just get gassed in the third period and it'd be hard for him to make a comeback or maintain a lead or get that get those bonus points. So what we saw this year, or this one match, was a guy with a really, really good gas tank. And even Kevin Dresser said that. He's like, I was skeptical. When Younger told me that he was going to have a great gas tank this year, I said, go <laughs> prove it. And Dresser was like, I'm not a full believer yet, but I'm getting closer. Like Kevin Dresser was very impressed by what he saw with Younger Bastida in terms of gas tank. And if Kevin Dresser was impressed with a wrestler, you should probably be impressed too, because he doesn't, he's not, a, he's not one of those coaches that's going to praise you for, for right. fun. Like he's, he means it. I love that about Dresser. I feel like I'll go into availability thinking things one way and then he'll give us insight from his perspective in the practice room. And then I'll be like, oh, okay. Like Kaisen Tarakina, mm -hmm. like a side note, as an example, I'll always feel really good about Kaisen because I just love watching him on the mat. He's small, he's fast, he's scrappy. And then Dresser will be like, mm, he could have been better. <laughs> and then I'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah, you know, maybe you're right. But uh, no, I think, I think Younger's a really good example of a guy who is really hones in his emotions and like just like the maturity over time. Because I think back to when he first started, you know, he Younger's a very explosive guy. Mm -hmm. That's why we love him. He's just great in that he's, he's an entertainer. He's the best athlete on the mat at all times. And I feel like for him to be able to keep his composure in that first period and still feel confident and have kept faith in himself, like, oh, I'll be fine. And picking down when he was being told, like, mm, maybe you should go neutral instead, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that about him. It makes me love him even more. Um, I think he's going to be a great leader in the room. Mm -hmm. um, he is. Back, Jackie and I both talked about this during and after availability with the other reporters that were there. Younger's English has gotten so good. Like... A couple of years ago at Media Day, last year at Media Day, you would ask him a question. You could see him think about the question you just asked, having to translate it into Spanish and then have respond in Spanish and then have his actual response be in English. Yeah. Like you could see that working in real time in his head. This year, he was very natural and he gave in-depth responses to questions. And that was always my thing with Younger is he's obviously got the ability to be a great leader, but is he going to have the vocal capabilities to be one of those leaders? And at this point, he absolutely does. I mean, being friends with David Carr helps. It sure does. I mean, I can only imagine the amount of time they spend together. And I'll talk to David for five minutes. I'll talk to Nate Carr Sr. for yep. five minutes. And I feel like I've just been inspired to <laughs> do things that I didn't think I could do. So I can only imagine for younger in the capacity that, you know, they're, they're clearly very close, which is really great to see. Um, but no, I, younger has improved so much in the way he's able to communicate with us and i think that's awesome especially because i mean i come from a place where i've spoke both languages since i was a child so like there's times where i can literally watch a show in spanish and i can have subtitles on in english mm. and i can translate both of them at the same time so i can't imagine being in his position where you're trying to learn them as a i have no idea how old younger is right now a 20s, in his 20s. <laughs> yeah, like in your 20s trying to learn a whole new language um, has to be so difficult. So shout out to him. Today was really good. If you if you haven't, you should go watch the video from availability. I have it up on the front page. Uh, Younger gave some very thoughtful answers. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's funny. He mm -hmm. very much said he loves the rule changes and tries to <laughs> giving him crap. Like, of course, he loves the rule changes. Yep. So 
no younger as as always will be a favorite yeah. so he's a headliner for sure and obviously your favorite that's correct <laughs> um but we have more wrestling. Iowa State is going to open their uh, home opener this weekend against Davidson on Sunday at 6, 6. p.m. I yep. almost said 7. Um, oh, is it? I don't know. No, I think it's I 6. Think it's six. Sure it's 6. Show up at, Show up before 6 and you'll be show fine. Show up. Just show up, please. Um, I had it in front of me. I don't know where it went. Anyways, um, Kevin Dresser, a wizard at putting together a schedule. They just finished or I shouldn't say finished. They just opened the season by wrestling in David Carr's high school gym. What an awesome testament to David to be able to go full circle, right? That's, he was wrestling there in high school and then he left and was, did they say he hasn't been back in Ohio? He had never wrestled in Ohio since he graduated. Okay. And now he had full circle moment. He got to close it out. He pinned the guy in what was the first period? Yep. Um, minute 47. So yep. just halfway over the, yeah first period so that was awesome and then again dresser keeps it rolling first duel of the season at home is against davidson which happens to be <laughs> the program where david's brother is the head coach yep. nate carr jr is the head coach of davidson and he hired iowa state favorite marcus goldman to be his assistant mm -hmm. so we have nate carr jr coming to town and marcus coleman coming home yep. this is his hometown this is, yeah in so Iowa. double whammy there for uh kevin dresser so it's family reunion for the cars yep. again yep which is awesome well nate carr jr wasn't able to make the last family reunion right. last week so you got to make them for this week <laughs> so now they're all going to be together i would love to know i'm I'm sure this is very uncommon where you have a wrestler on the team competing and the brother in the other team coaching and then the dad in the radio booth. Yep. <laughs> so, I don't know how Nate Carr senior is going to keep his composure. Yeah. I would be all over He's the place. He's not going to. Like your sons are down on the mat. So I think that's awesome. I think this is great. Dresser always makes our jobs easy because he always gives us something to talk yeah, about. Yeah, he gives us a storyline. Um, and to be very clear, this is Nate Carr Jr.'s first year in the program. He was at Lock Haven for four or five years, five years before that. Um, helped lead Lock Haven to their first ever MAC title. So obviously a guy who knows how to build a program. Davidson is not good at wrestling. Um, they're not going to be good on Sunday. Like Nate Carr's not met. He didn't magically wave a wand and make them a powerhouse. So Iowa State's going to win this duel meet by a lot, probably similar to the Cleveland State duel. Um, but and Kevin Dresser said this too. What you're looking for out of a out of a Davidson is how the guys compete. And then this is what top level competition feels like. Iowa State is top level competition. And it's gonna be really good for those Davidson wrestlers to feel that because when they go and wrestle their I don't know what conference they're in, but their schedule with going from a Kyson Tarakina, going from a Frost brother, who, especially the Frost Brothers, they get after it, right? Mm -hmm. Going from that to whatever you're used to is going to be like swinging a baseball bat with the donut on, then going in the batter's box and swinging it normally. It feels the bat feels so much lighter. So they're it's going to be great for them, and it's going to be fun to watch how this Davidson program progresses with Nate Carr Jr. Because, like Jackie said earlier, if you talk to any of the cars for any amount of time, <laughs> you feel phenomenal afterward. Like they're so motivational. Um, they get after it. wrestling is their life. So I don't see a world where they wouldn't, where Nate Carr Jr. is not going to be successful. Um, just because he has his dad to lean back on too. Like his dad was a very successful coach 
at West Virginia and some other programs to where, hey, dad, can you help me? Like some things are going on. How can I help progress this team? And I'm sure Nate seniors would be happy to answer any of those questions. So um, it's going to be fun to see how Davidson comes out and competes. Um, Kevin Dresser did say that uh, the Grandview Open is also happening at the same time down in Des Moines. And they're still trying to figure out specific lineups, but he did say that there will probably be some starters, some normal starters at the Grandview Open just to get them some, maybe some more matches, maybe to improve their national ranking, um, things like that. Because the Grandview Open, while put on by an NAIA school, and there are NAIA wrestlers there, also attracts some good Division One wrestlers. So it'll be interesting to see what the lineup looks like um, when we talk to Dresser today. He said the starters are still the starters, so even though Jacob Frost lost, He's still the guy at 141. Um, whether or not that changes in the future, we'll see. Apparently, they're going to have a wrestle-off again in a week or so. Um, but right now, the lineup's the lineup. Um, he want, he's, I'm sure he wants to see how some guys respond to wins or losses. Um, so it's, you're, we'll see. Maybe it's going to be similar to the Cleveland State duel where you don't go in expecting a lot, and then you walk out like, oh, we learned a few things. Well, it's like these guys are clearly still um, being judged. Like, mm -hmm. obviously, it even if you're the starter, even if you're David, Co I guess David's a really bad example, but even if you're Kyson Tarakina, who's clearly the dominant one at 125, you're still, you still got to show up and you still got to show why you deserve this spot. But clearly Dresser doesn't have a hundred percent decisions made. So it's like, you got to keep going. You got to keep going a hundred percent. I think when I look at matches like these, you're, when you're the guy that's better, you have to go in and take care of the job. You have to be the guy who gets the pin in the first period, who gets the tech falls. Like, can you be good, but can you be like really good when you're supposed to be? Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of what I'm looking for is, again, bonus point wins. You got the three point takedown in your corner here. <laughs> yep. It's working in your favor. Use it, get the takedowns, be more aggressive. Um, so that's kind of where I'll be really focusing is making sure that they do they take care of the job and they do it yep. well yep so but like you said it iowa state is going to win yep. and that's so go because you'll get to see iowa state win yep but, you also might get to see cody cody chittam i yes. forgot to mention that um ask kevin dresser today about cody's status obviously he's been dealing with a little tweak um little injury and dresser said if he's gonna practice hard all three days this week four days this week and if he's still healthy at the end of the week or as healthy as he currently is, he will wrestle on Sunday. Um, now, it sounds like whether or not that's the Grandview Open or against Davidson is a little bit to be determined. But assuming nothing bad happens to Chittam during practice, we will see him on the mat in some capacity uh, this weekend, which is very, very exciting. He, For those who may not remember or don't know, he was the number one pound for pound rated recruit in high school. He was originally committed to the Hawkeyes, spent a year in the Hawkeye wrestling room, um, wrestling in their CRTC, not their CRTC, but their RTC. And um, some things happened in Iowa that he didn't like. So he trans didn't transfer. He decommitted from Iowa and committed to Iowa State. So um, really, really excited to see what he can do. Again, for reference, David Carr's number two rated recruit in his class. So to get the number one rated recruit is exciting stuff. How do you feel about his hair change? Don't love it. Um, this was a guy who had some flow and as a person who has a receding hairline, I would like him to keep as much hair as he can for as long as possible. So that's all right.
You have a great head or hair on your head, Aiden. Not we both looked at you as if your hair. Thanks. Well, <laughs> it, it's not as great as it seems, but <laughs> we better both, than mine. I would say we both just kind of naturally looked over at Aiden. Yeah, you know, I. It just makes the year so much better when you have something like that type of storyline of surprise, this guy was going to wrestle for Iowa, but now he's not. Mm -hmm. I love the dramatics. That's probably why I love wrestling so much. It's there's just, drama it's, all the there's time. There's always drama. There's always something. And this one just adds a little extra flair on top of, I mean, Younger's going to come in trying to destroy most likely Cassiope. The NCAA hasn't had their meeting yet. Yeah, that's We're happening tomorrow. So when you listen to this today. Allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly yeah. On Wednesday night, the NCAA will be sitting down to decide what they're going to do with the gambling rules with wrestlers. Is it overall or is it? It's overall. Okay, I was yep, like, so this will affect Deshaun Hanneke and Noah Shannon for Iowa as well. Okay. Well, and obviously Panero Johnson, Cassiope, Nelson Brands, and whoever else on Iowa gambled. Yep. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk plenty about Iowa, but Cody Chittum, I think, just adds that extra yep. extra drama we really need in. Yep. Kreiser's good. I like Kreiser. Nothing against the guy. Cardiac Kreiser. But Chittum, by all accounts, is next level. Cardiac Kreiser, speaking of. Gave did, first takedown. Did exactly <laughs> what he does. You know, uh. I feel like Jason Kreiser is one of those guys where... <laughs> um. He's just like, I feel like that weight, obviously before it was 165, but I feel like he's been my favorite one to step into that role because it's like we had poor Derek, or not Derek, Skylar St. John, who mm -hmm. unfortunately just could not fight injuries. And then you had Logan Schumacher step in and then... Chase Straw for a little bit. I was going to say, who the heck was in there at one point? But Jason Kreiser is just so entertaining because you don't know what the heck's going to happen. Nope. And I would love Derek St. John's thoughts as the, as the coach who works with him the most because he just keeps us on the edge of our seats. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, looking ahead at the whole season, and we didn't talk about this, so I'm putting you on the spot. Okay. Outside of wins, just like win or lose, what is it you're paying attention to the most with this team? Like, what are you hoping to see out of them? What's a goal you have mentally? Yep. Um... I want to see, really I want to see him take advantage of the takedown rule. Um, I think truly that is a game changer, especially for a program like Iowa State. And it's like we were talking about earlier where the three-point takedown was obviously a huge advantage for Iowa State in that Cleveland State dual meet. But there's going to be a moment where you get taken down two or three times, whether that's Julian Broderson, whether that's one of the Frost brothers, whether that's Kyson Tarakina, you're down six to one, six to two in the first period. What do you do after that? How do you get yourself back in the match? How do you prevent that from becoming a major decision? Because if you get taken down three times in the first period, it's 9-2. The other guy chooses bottom, 10-2 in the second period. That's a major decision already. So we saw a lot of bonus points with Cleveland State. We're going to continue to see a lot of bonus points. And with the takedown rule, it's obviously it separates people physically and technically. But I think as matches go on after the first period and the second and third periods, beyond physically and technically, it's going to test people mentally. And I want to see how strong mentally Iowa State's wrestlers are when they get taken down once or twice or maybe even three times. How do they respond to that? So that's going to be one of the biggest things that I'm watching for. And it's not something that I thought of 
until the Cleveland State duel. I mean, it's like, oh, this is a real thing. Like some of these Cleveland State guys, they only got taken down two or three times. But after that, the score was so lopsided that they just, they didn't give up. But, you know, Iowa State put it to them. So yes. that's the thing that I'll really be looking for is how does Iowa State handle the mental part of, all right, you're down, you're losing by quite a bit right now. How do you come back? So for context, in the Cleveland State duel, Iowa State had 47 takedowns Ooh. to Cleveland State six. That's that's yeah, that's a that's a discrepancy. Yeah. So to put it into context, there, um, I feel like mine kind of goes hand in hand with yours. It all goes back to Jacob, the way Jacob Frost wrestled. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't want to see these guys breeze through and then suddenly they're like shit 30 seconds <laughs> left better put my put her better figure it out yep like i don't i want to see guys take care of the match like dresser said today in the first period that first period is crucial i want to see guys go full throttle casey i hate to use him as an example but he's the best example mm -hmm. for sure Casey Swiderski will go through matches sometimes and will be in the third suddenly and it's like there's 40 seconds left and suddenly it's a flurry, there's fire. He's fighting and clawing to get points on the board. Sometimes literally. <laughs> yes, and now with the rule changes, sure, that could look very different. I bet if we go back and we change the rules, I'm sure Casey would have come out on top on some of those. Some of them he would have for sure. The real Woods match is one that sticks out. He was right. the only one that got a takedown that match and he lost it. Exactly, but... I want to see guys not be in those situations. Yep. I want to see guys not have to claw and fight their way in the last 30 seconds, 15 seconds to try and maybe swing it their way. I want guys to just secure it, be mm -hmm. confident, be dominant. Like I love watching guys be the main aggressors. Like if Jacob Frost lost it, but he still fought hard. Like you said, he took a shot. What was it? 10, 15 seconds left, five yeah. seconds. I don't even know anymore. Yeah. But that's what I want to see because I, I just hate watching guys give up. Mm -hmm. I hate watching the them just flop around, go around in circles, try yeah. to just stall their way to the end because they're like, well, there's nothing I can do. So that's kind of where my head is at, especially after the Cleveland State duel. It was just a lot more explosive than I mm -hmm. anticipated. So shout out to Cleveland State. They put up a good fight. They did. Score, then, doesn't, score doesn't seem like it. Even in the individual matches, it does not seem like they put up a fight. But they absolutely did. Those guys wrestled hard. Sorry. Sorry, Cleveland uh, State. Apologies. I'm laughing at Aiden. He gave us our signal. Oh, has it been 45 <laughs> minutes already? Time flies. Uh, Aiden's like, why are you guys saying that on the pod? <laughs> deal with it. It's weird having a producer since we're so used to it just being We used to do it on Zoom, on Zoom. And we just Zoomed and, you know, when it was, if it was an hour, it was an hour. I know. <laughs> that's Honestly, that's why we went over. Because yep. we'd just be sitting like if we're just hanging out. <laughs> No. So, Jack, did you have a good day? <laughs> you know, availability was great. I'm so excited for wrestling season to be here. We talk about, we say this every time, but I am very excited. It feels like Kevin Dresser has kind of had things work out how he wants them, right? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I do appreciate Dresser for his um, his wisdom, his veteran. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You know, today he said that it makes him feel old knowing that, you know, Mark, because I asked him, how do you feel Marcus Coleman's going to be in the coaching corner? Like you helped develop him. Now he's a coach. He's like, it makes me feel old. <laughs> so his words, not mine. But um, I appreciate that he's still a coach who comes into the room and he's not afraid to be hard on his guys and be brutally honest about 
where they might be able to improve. So mm -hmm. I'm just excited to feel like there's more guys in the room who are kind of figuring it out for them. Yep. So I think we're going to see some pretty exciting stuff this year. I agree. Um, and that starts on Sunday. Yep. I almost said Saturday. My brain's all over the place um, with the home opener. It's on ESPN Plus. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that, you should get it. You should. I'll be running the scorebook on Sunday. Oh, nice. Are you? Fun. I was going to ask if you were going to So, yeah, there. tune in on the plus. <laughs> so if the scoreboard is wrong, please angry. Just tweet at me. <laughs> just yeah, angry just... tweet at Aiden. <laughs> hey, it's a first first meet for everyone, right? Well, yeah, except no. for them, but, I mean, production side. I'll have you know, when I was a wrestling manager, that was, like, the worst part of it was if I got put in any type of position to be taking score, um, people would rip your head off if it was wrong even for two <laughs> seconds. Mm. I understand I get it. If I'm I'm a parent, a coach, whatever, I'd be freaking out too. But taking stats was nerve wracking. Yeah. Can you even imagine in college? Did were you involved in wrestling at all in high school? Nope. We've talked about this. Nope. When did you get into college wrestling? When I was assigned to it by the Iowa State Daily. I watched so okay, so I watched like Kale Sanderson <laughs> and stuff with my dad. Sorry, Aiden, deal with it. <laughs> um, so I watched, I watched some matches and some things like that with my dad growing up, but like, mm -hmm. I would not have called myself a wrestling fan necessarily. Um, but then when I got to the Iowa State Daily, they're like, you're going to cover wrestling. It's like, great. And I fell in love with the sport. So that's how we got here. And here we are. That's kind of how it was with Chris. He's like, do you want women's basketball or do you want wrestling? I had a wrestling background from high school and I said, mm -hmm. absolutely want wrestling. Don't give me women's basketball. <laughs> I cannot write about that. So fun now we're here getting paid to talk on a podcast about <laughs> college wrestling um as always thanks for tuning in guys we'll be here all season ben and i will be in attendance and so will aiden <laughs> so we'll be bringing you guys out all the coverage um live updates i'll be taking pictures there'll be a press conference all the fun stuff as always courtesy of our friends at fairway we cannot thank them enough as they consistently continue to show up for us and support our coverage of Iowa State Wrestling.